0: Log Talk Radio Hi everybody! This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Saturday, October the seventh, and welcome to our commentary. In just a few minutes, we're going to be uh, catching up with our friend uh, Bill Katz. We spoke with him uh, last Monday about all those storms in New York, and he's going to be relating to us some of the what it was like, I guess, to be in New York during those uh, storms. So hang on to that in just uh, in just a minute. The big story, of course. Uh, this week here in the United States is the reversal on the part of the Biden administration with respect to the border, Uh, the border wall, that is. They had opposed the border wall throughout the campaign, throughout the presidency. You have all kinds of videos of the Biden administration rejecting the idea. But I guess uh, something's happened here in the last week or so, and they've decided to rebuild or at least finish some of the wall that had already been started or some of the materials that they already had. Now, the Biden administration is explaining this as an administrative thing. That is, they had to do it because the Congress had already passed the law. Now, of course, that has never stopped the Biden administration from doing whatever they wanted to do. So I think what's happening with this border wall, there's a perfect storm uh, going on, which is a combination of this rebellion that you're seeing in many Democrat cities, uh, New York, Chicago, uh, uh, against these uh, migrants. Uh, You know, you got people demonstrating in the streets of Chicago, attending uh, city hall meetings, blasting the mayor for spending money on migrants uh, in New York City. Of course, the mayor has been under attack as well. In fact, the mayor right now is actually traveling to Mexico and I believe Central America, and he's going to be doing another tour. Uh, to learn about the root causes of the problem. There, there is no root cause to the problem. Of course, there's poverty in Central America, and there's a lot of corruption in Central, in Mexico, Central, and South America. There's always been that. But uh, somehow we were able to enforce our borders before, and the real problem now, what has caused everything, what has thrown everything into chaos, is the fact that the Biden administration decided not to enforce the law on the border and has created this atmosphere of lawlessness that is driving many and many people to come in. They come in and they get a piece of paper that says you go to a judge. Well, that's not immigration. That's not asylum. That is chaos. And that is why you have people coming in without any restrictions, because the word has gone out that if you get to the border, they're going to let you in. And getting in is the objective. The objective is not to meet with some judge down the road and make your asylum case. Now, some people may, may, uh, may do that. But the overwhelming objective here is to get into the United States, because once you're in the United States, you're probably going to stay. So this has been a total collapse, a total breakdown of the rule of law on the border. And that is the reason that we have this chaotic situation that has now spread to the whole country. This used to be a Texas problem. This used to be a Texas border problem. But uh, because we started sending migrants to all these cities, this has now become a national problem and a real problem, a real political problem for the Biden administration. So that's what's happening here. Now, these cities also have other problems. Of course, New York City has a, a terrible economic problem. Chicago, they have huge deficits. California, they have huge deficits. So, you know, they've got economic problems. So when you throw the migrants into the mix, they've got some real problems. And that is uh, that is the reason I believe that the Biden administration has decided to to make this uh, policy change and start doing something about it. Of course, it's a little too late. It's a little too late now because building a wall or talking about building a wall is not going to fix the problem. Now, I, I, they should build the wall but that's not going to fix the current problem. The current problem has only one solution, and that is you have to close the border for a year or so and say, no more, no more asylums, and uh, we got to take care of the people who are here, and let's start processing uh, the people who are, are here to see who stays or goes, goes home or whatever. So the Biden administration is in a severe political problem right now, and that's what's driving all of this. It has nothing to do with Anything else other than their own political chaos brought about by their own chaotic immigration policy on the border. Before we get to our friend uh, Bill Katz, just a quick reminder on this day in history back in 2001, if you remember this, October 7th, 2001, President Bush went on national television. This is President George W. Bush went on national television to announce that he was ordering military strikes against Afghanistan. It was really the beginning of what came to be known as the Afghanistan conflict. And uh, this is, of course, in response to 9-11 the month before. So on this day, on October 7th, 2001, President Bush went on TV to announce the military operation. He also said something that uh, turned out to be rather prophetic. And he said this was the beginning. This was the beginning of, uh, of a long war against these terrorist organizations. And by coincidence, this morning, October seventh, 2023, Hamas attacked Israel with like 5,000 rockets, and there's probably going to be a Middle Eastern war here coming up in the next uh, few days. So, you know, the crisis continues, and the only way you defend yourself, of course, is by being strong and projecting strength, something that this administration, this Biden administration, is not doing. We're going to take a little break and then on the other side you'll be hearing from my friend Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda and his recent experience with the rain in New York. Hang in there and we'll be right back. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Tuesday, October the 3rd. As we like to do once a week, we'll be chatting with our good friend, uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. We have a few questions uh, for Bill today about all that rain that they got in New York. Uh, Bill, how are you? Did uh, I guess you survived uh, the rain, but it was quite an experience, Bill.
1: It was. Uh, you know, we, we make jokes here whenever the weather uh, forecasters in New York uh, tell us that we're going to have a terrible storm. People run out and buy their, their Energizer batteries, and uh, Energizer makes a lot of money, and then we get one drop. But this time, the, it was the reverse. We, we got up in the morning on Friday, and the the forecast was so, was for some rain. It turned out that what we were getting, and we still don't know exactly why this happened, was a previous forecast that mm. simply said rain, the nature of the rain did not come through to us. And I have an emergency Midland radio. Uh, I was tuned to the, uh, the local television station. And, and we, I said to my wife, you'd better call the school. She's a, a college teacher. Uh, I said, you'd better call the school to see if it's closed. Uh, and she, so she looked at their website, which is the same thing. And said, no, they're open. Well, I guess I, we thought, it, well, I guess it won't be that bad. Well, we got out. We got into the car. We started driving. And all of a sudden, it was as if, as if a torrent of rain was poured directly on us, and we got to uh, people will know the name here in these and probably others from seeing it in the in movies, but got onto the Bronx River Parkway, and everything just stopped, and people got out of their cars ahead of us. They were they were good people and courteous people and ran back and said everything is stopped you'll never get through you better get off this highway Mm -hmm. well fortunately there was a big grass suction between the northern and southern parts of the and we were able to get on to the to the other by just going through and i was very nervous when you see heavy rain and grass you don't know if your car is going to sink into the mud and be there for two feet but i was able to do it we got around uh, uh finally got to the school and uh when we arrived, I, 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 it was just coming down so hard I could barely see. I said to my wife, no, don't get out of the car. Call in to the inside and see if there is anybody there. I mean, There's no movement. And she did and uh, got, got a busy signal. And so she said, I'm going. And she got out of the car. Was a brave person uh, with her umbrella. Got it. By the way, the, the, act, the lack of wind is what saved us. Mm -hmm. I got into the school and she called me on my cell and she said, yes, everybody is here, so go home and get back. Well, I tried to go home and uh, there is nothing like, I'm sure in other parts of the country this is common, seeing sheets of water come off a hill and onto the road with rocks and stones. I mean, it it was frightening. I was as as frightened for my car as I was for myself. I thought I'd be hit by rocks and that'll be the end of it. And What happened then was I got a call. My wife, they've just closed the school. Could you come back? So I had to go back through all that stuff and picked her up. We were able to make it home, but the, the uproar started almost immediately. Why were people not informed of how bad this was? To this minute, we don't know. There is a rumor, it may only be a rumor, that the mayor of New York was informed and just held the information back for too long. Yeah. Had we known an hour and a half earlier how bad this was <laughs> going to be, it would have changed the whole picture. Schools would have closed. Instead, we had public schools open throughout the area where the buses that delivered the students could not get back to the school because of the flooding. And they were stuck in school, for the, many of them, for the entire day. Very bad day. Um, a lot of concern about emergency vehicles not being able to get through, babies that had to be born. Uh, and I suppose there will be some kind of an investigation, but uh, you know the sad fact is, as soon as it's over, people forget about it. And they go on, they go on to the next thing. Right. And in New York, nobody investigates Democratic mayors. <laughs> and
0: uh, so. well, I for me, watching it on TV, the the most interesting part was all that rain in the subway. Oh, or, that's yeah the subway. No, well, I guess not in the subway, the tracks. I mean, the subway tracks. And I, I kept asking myself. You know why that would happen? Because yes. I can see that being very dangerous to passengers. Uh, and well, was was that because? And again, it's just a stupid question on my part. Is that because the drainage was designed that way, or because the drainage didn't work? I mean, I, I it, it it that to me was the most shocking thing.
1: What you they usually hold the
0: rain in the subway tracks, Bill?
1: Yes. What you usually get in that, in that situation is, and I am not in New York City. I went right 20 miles north of New York City. Uh, the subway stations that usually get the worst effects are the ones that were built first in the early part of the last century. The, the What happens is the water comes down from the streets down the stairs, the passenger stairs, going into the subway and it floods the station. Uh, you usually don't find, if you're in the station, water coming down from leaks from above. It's from the stairs. Now the question has been asked many times, why can't they put up a barrier? I don't know why they can't put up a barrier, but I suspect it has something to do with the fear that people would not be able to get out of the station and and get out of the flooding. And yes, some stations were flooded. It's a frightening thing. I mean, being in, for example, a subway car that has to stop between stations and stay there for hours because of flooding. Uh, Fortunately, and it's quite remarkable, not one person was killed in in this flood. That's good. That's the good part. But... but, um, Again, we're going to have this again at some point, and I don't know what changes are going to be made. Uh, well, the Go ahead. You no, know, I was going to say,
0: Bill, the optics. I mean, just again,
1: watching on TV, uh,
0: not being there like you were or other people, but the optics of seeing all that water going into the the subway tracks, at least for me, was quite uh, quite scary because, you know, Millions of people take those trains every day. That's right. And you hate to think that all that water would be in there when, you know, let's say a, a car is full of passengers and they cannot get out because it, it was just at least on television uh, something that was pretty pretty incredible to watch. But it is amazing that nobody died. I I agree with you on that.
1: No, nobody died. But I have to tell you, going through it. Uh, it depended, by the way, very much on which road you were on if you were driving. Uh, when we went home, we got onto one of the main roads nearby, and it was no different than any other day. But that road is a modern road. Many of the roads up where we live in Westchester County were designed in the you know 70, 80 years ago, and they don't have some of the improvements and, and the scaling, the the, the the you know the the uh, twisting of the roads. The, many of them don't have shoulders. So cars could not pull over. I only saw one car stalled. Again, very lucky. And a police car immediately came along and stopped and talked to the driver and then went on. And I suppose they called for help, you know, a tow truck to, come to, to get them out. Right. But to, to go through, most people have enough common sense to know, don't drive in weather like that. That's the first rule. Mm-hmm. But if you get tra- trapped in it and you see a huge puddle ahead of you, don't go through it quickly. Uh, you don't know what's under that puddle. The road could have collapsed. Right. But unfortunately, a few people, very small number, didn't get the message. And they would go through it. And the, the water that was just spewed into the air, it would you know go onto other people's windshields. And they, could, they couldn't see. Fortunately, people got through it. I hope some lessons were learned. You know, we, we, what we worry about usually in New York, and I don't know why they, the image persists, what we worry about in bad weather is wind. If a hurricane is coming in, they will always tell you what category it is, which means how much wind. There is no wind to this. It was just torrents of rain. And that really is where the damage is done. Apparently, in most storms, the damage is done by spot flooding or flash flooding. We get flash flood warnings all the time. And now we'll take them a lot more seriously. Yeah. Well,
0: I, I certainly hope that people, when you saw those scenes of rescuers, you know, police officers or other, I guess, people rescuing people. I hope that sends a message to anybody who wants to defund the police. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I I hope they they will reconsider defunding the police because, you know, sometimes the police doesn't get a lot of credit, but when they do stuff like that, when they put their lives on the line, not to protect you from a criminal, but to save you from a flood. Oh, yes. And and they don't get enough credit for that. And I, I saw some incredible scenes. Uh, on television, but I guess the question of the day, Bill, the big question that all of us have is, how many batteries did you buy?
1: Well, I am proud to <laughs> say, uh, I am proud to say that having learned my lesson in the past, I have a uh, a whole shelf full of batteries, some of which may may actually not work because they're that old. Right. But I I have the batteries. But most of the <laughs> the items nowadays are rechargeable and I do keep my emergency radios uh, charged uh, and I have a charger built into the, into the car. So in case I, I, I go down and I have some really good, I have some really good emergency lights. uh, One of which is on a keychain, and and it it puts out 200 lumens. Uh, So I, I, we were well equipped for for a a long-term emergency. The idea is to have enough food, to have enough water and to have enough lights. Uh, right, exactly. And that's what I kept thinking about, the lights going out. Yes.
0: I kept thinking about the electricity going out. I was thinking about that, what a, what a terrible thing that could be. Well, I'm glad everybody survived and that uh, uh, you didn't need to do the, uh, our commentary today or our podcast today uh, on a boat somewhere in the Atlantic mm-hmm. Ocean. Right. You know, rowing right. to Manhattan or something. I'm glad that you made it and everybody's okay. But it was clear. I mean, when you saw those scenes on television – uh, it was uh, it was pretty amazing. Well, Bill, I want to talk a little bit about something else going on in New York, and that's this trial of former President uh, Trump. I I'm very I'm very angry at, at that kind of justice. I I think this is a, you know, sometimes Trump overreacts uh, too. I mean, let's say as much when he's calling the Attorney General racist and all of that. You know, maybe he could control himself a little yes. bit more on that. But I. I can understand why he's angry. This is a travesty. These were tell me tell me if I, if I get this wrong. These are he's being accused of apparently overvaluation of his property, But the people who who are lending him the money, the banks or the insurance companies dealing with the properties, they're they're fine. They're not suing him for anything. No. They're they're the potential victims. If you overvalue property, the the bank is your potential victim. They, they're fine with what happened. So you have, to, you have to wonder, why would they dig up something like this? And I think I know the answer. is they, they are obsessed with Trump. And again, Bill, my reaction, I think they're turning off a lot of people who may not be Trump supporters, but who don't want to see this kind of banana republic stuff in their country, though.
1: I think that's absolutely correct. I know a person who was not a Trump supporter and who told me, this is just wrong. You know, I'm almost sympathetic to him. And what you say is correct. This began with an outrageous pledge by the State Attorney General in New York, which at one time was a prestigious office, during her campaign, she was going to get Trump. She not only said it on the campaign trail, she said it in videos that she put out, I'm going to get Trump. Well, a lot of people at the time thought this is highly improper for a candidate for a law enforcement office to start accusing a man and saying, I'm going to get this man who had never been charged with anything. Uh, she didn't present any facts. She said, I'm going to get Trump. And sure enough, when she took office, she started investigations of Trump. The Trump organization uh, has been in uh, in power here or in existence here. <laughs> for many decades, uh, they have done business. I suppose they have the usual number of lawsuits uh, by tenants part, perhaps. But nobody ever accused Trump of being a, a crook. Uh, he, um, and as you said, and this is very important, the point you brought up is very important. No potential victim ever had any problem with the way he priced his properties. Banks don't just give out millions of dollars because somebody says this is worth something. They go out and do their own checking. It could be general checking, but uh, the, the, you know they want to know that, that the evaluation of the property, the valuation of the property, is within bounds. And then they lend you the money. And they've had excellent relations with Donald Trump. To this day, you would think that someone from a bank or a uh, some other organization that he dealt with, with leaked, would have leaked uh, uh, concerns about him. There haven't been any. As you said, he did business. Uh, the thing that was so startling is that the presiding judge, who was really a Democratic operative, valued... Um, uh, Mar a Lago at eighteen million dollars. Well, if you know anything about Florida real estate in in uh, Palm Beach, uh, I mean, maybe maybe the parking lot was uh, eighteen million dollars, but Mar a Lago is routinely valued by real estate observers as in the hundreds of millions. Right. And the judge says, well, I think it's eighteen million. I mean, the judge is completely out of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, what expertise does the judge have to make a call like that? You know? Yes. I mean, that's uh, the thing that puzzles me.
1: But this is the sad part about this is it's not a jury trial. I think in a jury trial, he would be, you'd get a hung jury or he'd be exonerated. But it's a trial before a judge who is, that, that particular judge, who has already indicated that he thought uh, uh, Trump uh, committed a fraud. So he will be sentenced. Now they can then appeal uh, and they can then start complaining. The other thing that's so disgraceful is the role of the press here. I mean, you you turn on CNN, they seem almost joyful that Donald Trump is in trial. No concern with the facts, no concern about the behavior of the Attorney General. Somebody made the the point. I think it was Trump himself that the Attorney General of the United States was in court on Friday. The Attorney General doesn't go to court. The Attorney General has her prosecutors. Uh, they uh, they they have people there from other offices. But the and he said. Where is the attorney general when all these children are being murdered around New York State? Right. She, doesn't go, she doesn't go to any of those scenes, only to this one to get herself on television. I, I, and her background is she was a candidate of what in New York is called the Working People's Party, which is a far-left fringe party. Uh, she got elected because she was also the candidate of the Democratic Party. They put her on the ballot, and it was kind of an automatic victory. But I, I, I think some serious questions are going to be asked, and I would imagine that if he is find anything, that there will be an immediate appeal. Yeah.